Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we are once again going to dive into the controversy and mystery surrounding the banning of one of the most popular Twitch streamers in the world, Dr. Disrespect, who was unceremoniously banned without nary a word from Twitch and very few words from him himself. A few weeks back, we covered it in a couple of videos on this channel, but throughout that time, people have been coming to me and asking me in DMs and in comments to my videos to cover this further and to talk about different angles related to this story. And while I don't want to oversaturate the discussion here, there was one particular angle which I thought was very, very interesting that a couple of people have brought up in the last week and which kind of came to a head yesterday. So this is the story of a Patreon content creator named Owen Benjamin. And to start out as a caveat, I'm not familiar with this gentleman's work. In fairness, not a lot of people on the internet appear to be covering it from a journalistic perspective. So I've pulled up two kind of polar opposite news items about this particular quote unquote alt-right comedian as described by the Daily Dot to try to give a color to what exactly happened here. Suffice it to say, I don't know this person from Adam. I can't tell you whether he's the worst person on earth or the best, but Certainly, these two journalistic outlets have a very different impression of him. And here's basically what is happening. It says, Owen Benjamin has managed to get 72 of his fans sued by Patreon. Last October, Patreon banned Benjamin, an alt-right commentator and self-styled comedian, for violating its policies against hate speech. Patreon's ban came in the midst of a flurry of other platforms kicking him off as well. According to court documents, Benjamin subsequently filed a $2.2 million claim against Patreon for banning him. Now, there are different reports as to what this claim is, but it appears to be some kind of tortious interference claim, a claim that Patreon interfered with the contractual or otherwise commercial relationship between Benjamin and his supporters on Patreon. Now, I, in general, think that that argument is likely a long-term loser, but it doesn't necessarily matter for what we are talking about today. He later upped his demand to $3.5 million. He also got 100 of his fans, also known as Bears, to file separate identical claims against Patreon for kicking him off the platform. Court records state that Benjamin used the multitude of individual claims, all of which were filed by his lawyers, as leverage to attempt to convince Patreon to settle. It refused. Now Patreon is suing 72 of his fans. This lawsuit is about keeping hate speech off of Patreon. The company told the Daily Dot via email, we won't allow former users to extort Patreon and are moving these frivolous claims to court where they belong. Keep your eye on that word frivolous. Unlike the prior claims, the suit against Benjamin's fans is filed in California state court. Patreon's previous terms of service required claims to be submitted to arbitration, like Benjamin's $3.5 million cause of action. An update to its terms of service that went into effect on January 1st both prohibits users from filing claims based on the platform kicking off someone else and requires any who do so to pay the company's attorney's fees and costs, court documents state. Thus, if Patreon wins the suit, Benjamin's fans could be on the hook for a significant sum, which may negatively impact their ability to chip in for the $1.5 million ranch in northern Idaho that he's lately been begging for cash to buy for himself. Nothing like some editorializing to really help sell the point, right? But in any event, what happened here, by all descriptions and from various sources in my DMs and elsewhere, is that 
this particular content creator got his supporters or got 72 of his supporters to all file arbitration claims against Patreon. And as we will see in this video, because of some unique structures under California law, and because every tech giant, including Twitch, mandates that their rules, their terms of service are governed by California law, they could find themselves in a deep amount of trouble if they have to actually pay for these arbitration claims. Now, the other side of the spectrum here is Mike Cernovich, who I am certain that many of you have heard from and heard of. And we aren't using this particular article for any truth value outside of the description of events. So we did the daily dot. We've got Cernovich on here. We've got both sides of the political spectrum is what it is because there aren't big journalistic outlets talking about this. And I think that's a shame because this is actually very important. And it is the kind of thing that is very likely to have California law changed. Uh, and I say that because what we're going to talk about in this video is in fact a major exposure, a major liability for all of these companies with the way that these judges and these courts are seeing these laws interact specifically in California, such that I really do think that these companies and various other legislators in California are going to see some of these rules changed because this is massively too much exposure for these corporations. Now, the summary given here is that Patreon banned Owen Benjamin. Owen Benjamin's backers moved for arbitration, alleging various causes of action, tortious interference, whatever it might be. Under the arbitration proce procedures spelled out in Patreon's terms of service, Patreon must pay the filing fees, which could total millions of dollars. Now, that's wrong, but we'll get there. Patreon cannot collect those fees back even if Patreon wins the arbitrations. That's true because of this quirk in California law. It says, Patreon, by banning a creator, disrupts the economic relationship between creator and backer. In legal terms, this is called tortious interference with a business relationship. As I've already said, I think this is a loser. But you have to understand when we're talking about this particular issue, and we're going to get back to Dr. Disrespect in just a minute. But when we're talking about this particular issue, there are two major kind of avenues of damages, of money going out the door from the company or from the backers, depending on how things go. The first is the underlying claim. Did you actually do something that is a breach of contract or is a tort, is tortious interference, something that I can sue you for and that you would owe me money for under the law? That's question one. Question two is, if we have to go into arbitration, who owes the money and why? And that comes on top of things, right? We've talked a lot in virtual legality about the inefficiencies of the legal system and how the rich can very much take advantage of the fact that lawyers cost money and this entire process costs money. But in this particular instance, because of this combination of these particular rules and laws in California, Patreon and Twitch and Amazon and Google and everybody else that uses California law that has these arbitration mandates could find themselves in some significant trouble because of this interaction. Now, I don't think there's a great tortious interference claim here because there aren't really damages, especially if you have refunded whatever it is that you've collected, right? If Patreon has refunded the subscription fees, they haven't made any more money. Or if, say, Twitch has refunded all of the subscription monies received for it from a certain specific Twitch streamer, right? And now things start to fall into place, right? We saw this when we talked about Dr. Disrespect at the start, but one of the things that really jumped out at me was the fact that Twitch moved to immediately refund all of these subscription dollars. And one thing that that does under the law is it limits the amount of damages that anybody can come after you for. That first part, that underlying claim. 
Because if you imagine, hey, I subscribed to Dr. Disrespect for maybe some large amount of money and you took Dr. Disrespect off your channel and I can't get whatever it is that I think I paid for, then maybe you do have a claim against Twitch for the damages because you didn't get noticed. You weren't a part of this conversation. Twitch said, we aren't even going to talk about it. Here's all your money back. And we're not even going to talk about why Dr. Disrespect is gone. But it starts to eliminate damages. It starts to eliminate the possibility of winning and succeeding in a claim. What it doesn't eliminate the possibility of is getting your foot in the door in arbitration. Now, this article continues, Patreon under California law must pay the arbitration fees in advance. Again, that's not true, or at least it's slightly inaccurate. What this appears to be referring to is a bill that went into effect in California at the start of this year, January 1st, that said the following. In an employment or consumer arbitration, and we're talking about a consumer arbitration, we'll see that word pop up in a couple of places, either expressly or through application of state or federal law or the rules of the arbitration administrator, the drafting party, the party that made the contract, is to pay certain fees and costs before the arbitration can proceed. If those fees or costs to initiate an arbitration proceeding are not paid within 30 days, all these very bad things can happen. So this bill tries to get out and say, one of the things we as the California legislature saw was happening is that employers were essentially not paying their bills on time and the arbitration was closing and the employees that should otherwise get the right to arbitrate claims against the employer weren't even getting to go through that process because the employer was just saying, oh, well, we were supposed to pay the fees and we forgot to pay the bill. Oh, well. And so California stepped in and said, no, if you do that, you've got all these very bad things that could happen to you, including penalties and including the fact that the arbitrator himself or herself can actually use that fact against you. So that appears to be what Mr. Cernovich is talking about here, but it's not complete. It's only those fees that go into the process before you would otherwise need to start the arbitration. And if we go and we look at the JAMS rules here, one of the things that we see is that JAMS requires that the parties deposit the fees and expenses for the arbitration from time to time during the course of the proceedings. So there's nothing really in the California rule that I read that suggests that you have to pay everything in advance. You wouldn't have to pay all the fees that could possibly happen in an arbitration in advance. You would just have to pay them as they become due. And certainly at the start to get the arbitration rolling, that bill would come in and say, you have to make sure that that money is in the door. Now that bill actually started and took effect as of the start of this year, that becomes an open question with respect to this case because it happened in December, in January, and does that bill actually help them or not? It's an open question. Again, we aren't so concerned with the specifics here as much as we're concerned with how all these rules work together. This article continues by saying the fees can be upward of $10,000 per case. In fact, from everything that I could read, they can be much, much worse. One law firm says the following, be careful what you wish for because there is always the possibility that you could be hit with hundreds of thousands of individual arbitrations and you will have to pay for each of them. They must pay the administrative fees, which typically are about $2,000 per case. And they must also pay the fees of the arbitrator who is often a retired judge. From experience, the arbitrator's fees alone for a single case are typically about $60,000 at least in California. And that's as of February 13th, 2020. So pretty recent, $60,000 per case in fees for arbitration. Now, I think if you've got a more frivolous case, like some of these might be, that number is going to come down some, but it's still going to be a significant amount of money. And while we're talking about 72 subscribers here with respect to this particular individual and Patreon, if you raise that exponentially, if you get into the thousands, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, you start to have even a baseline number of fees. 
start to be a real potential problem for these platforms. Now, giving the story a little bit more color, he says in early December, numerous defendants told Patreon that they intended to move for individual arbitration. Patreon's terms of service suggest that contacting them before seeking arbitration is required, although this provision could be read as a request rather than a demand. It says, we encourage you to contact us if you have an issue. If a dispute does arise out of these terms or related to your use of Patreon and it cannot be resolved after you talk with us, then it must be resolved by arbitration. Because Patreon wrote the terms of service, the terms will be resolved against Patreon. He goes into some Latin here, which I don't actually use very often in my practice on this, but he's right in the overall kind of statutory or contractual interpretation that contracts will be interpreted against the drafter. And in particular, when you've got a contract like this one, which wasn't negotiated, what we might otherwise call a contract of adhesion, that will almost always be read against the company that drafted it rather than the other party. It won't be interpreted on a neutral basis. If there is an ambiguity, it will be interpreted against Patreon or Twitch or Google or YouTube or whomever. Two or three weeks after these folks approached Patreon, Patreon unilaterally altered the terms of service by adding the clause, you may not bring a claim against us for suspending or terminating another person's account, and you agree that you will not bring such a claim. If you try to bring such a claim, you are responsible for the damages caused, including attorney's fees and costs, these terms remain in effect even if you no longer have an account. Now, there's all sorts of stuff happening there, but I will tell you from experience that one thing that people will not like, third parties, arbitrators, mediators, judges, whomever it might be, is you trying to change the rules of the game effectively halfway through. After people have started to contact you about a dispute, if you try to change the rules right there, you're likely to get yelled at. And Patreon is very likely to get yelled at long-term as part of these specific changes. Or as this article says, yes, Patreon literally changed its terms of service after it was contacted by arbitration claimants who were required to contact Patreon before moving for arbitration. Realizing that the arbitration fees would be in the millions of dollars range, Patreon filed a group action against all 72 arbitration claimants. Here's what Patreon's terms of service say about group actions. No class arbitrations or other grouping of parties is allowed you're waiving those rights. We are also waiving those rights. And then this hearing occurred yesterday that Mr. Cernovich wound up summarizing, and it ultimately wasn't determinative. The judge is still seeking further briefing. But I think at the fundamental level, the legal logistics here are separate from the fact that the arbitration provision is very likely to be upheld in some form. Right. And that comes from the fact that the federal rule is to very much favor the existence of arbitration provisions. And this is something that I've given quotes to in various gaming publications and elsewhere when we were talking about things like Riot Games that journalists and other folks that are asking me these questions uh, don't really like and they don't like that this exists. But it is something that could potentially help the Patreon backers or the Twitch subscribers, or the consumers in this particular context. And that's the federal rule says a written provision involving commerce to settle by arbitration a controversy thereafter arising out of such contract shall be valid, irrevocable, and enforceable, save for the various reasons that you can otherwise void a contract, duress, uh, generalized unfairness in various state laws, et cetera, et cetera. And so because this kind of federal preference for arbitration agreements and arbitration clauses exists, that means that for the most part, these companies, even at the state law level, are going to have a lot of difficulty getting out of them. And that's even with them having a winning argument on the underlying claim, right? Forgetting the difficulties about the crossing of December and January and whether you can actually change the terms and conditions, if we just pretend that there were a new action happening at Patreon right now, 
This provision right here would mean that basically Patreon wins if you try to bring a claim against them for banning one of your favorite content creators. You may not bring a claim against us. If you try to bring such a claim, you are responsible for the damages caused, including attorney's fees and costs. Now that second part, that second part relates to the costs of adjudicating a dispute. And so they might lose on that. But ultimately at the end of the day, they would probably win the action for the underlying kind of claim. They also say that you will indemnify them from all losses and liabilities, including legal fees. And they reserve the right to exclusive control over the defense. And if we use that right, then you will help us in our defense. Now, sidebar here, before we continue on, this is an absolutely terrible set of terms and conditions. Worse than some of the stuff we saw when we were analyzing Ubisoft. Worse than some of the stuff we saw when we were analyzing YouTube or Twitter. This is a terrible provision. You'll indemnify us for anything we can control the defense, which means we can settle for any amount of damages we want. And if we take that control while you are liable, you'll still help us for whatever cost that costs you in terms of flying or otherwise giving us your time. That's ridiculous. But it is the terms and conditions that are currently in the Patreon terms of service. Now, as we continue on, we get to the language that really would come to the fore in any action at Patreon. We encourage you to contact us if you have an issue. If a dispute does arise out of these terms or related to your use of Patreon and it cannot be resolved after you talk with us, then it must be resolved by arbitration. Must be. Any fight we have about what this contract means must be resolved by arbitration. And don't make any mistake, that includes an indemnification provision. That includes whether you have the right to bring a claim against us for suspending someone. Every dispute is subject to arbitration. Now, this arbitration must be administered by JAMS. That's an arbitration provider. Under the JAMS streamlined arbitration rules and procedures, except as expressly provided below. Now, if we go and we actually look at that, you'll see that for the most part, this talks about you paying your fair share of fees and expenses. Each party shall pay pro rata share of fees and expenses as set forth in the JAMS fee schedule in effect at the time of the commencement of the arbitration. So Patreon says, yeah, we'll figure it out and we'll pay what we're supposed to pay. And also by agreeing to these terms, you are waiving your right to a trial by jury or to participate in a class action or representative proceeding. We are also waiving these rights. Put aside everything else from this particular case and think about any kind of action that you might see about a future content creator. Maybe Dr. Disrespect, maybe somebody else that a banning or suspension is happening to. They have agreed to waive the ability to have a class action. So even if they somehow get you into court and they can't use arbitration, it doesn't mean that they have the right to go seek a class action by their own words on the page. Continuing on, they really burn themselves. Not that they had a choice because this is how JAMS operates and how really every other arbitration source uh, arbitrates. For creators and patrons who are consumers, we also follow the JAMS policy on consumer arbitrations pursuant to pre-dispute clauses, minimum standards of procedural fairness for consumer arbitrations done under these terms. Clear as glass, right? Totally obvious what that says. But what it really says is this. For matters involving consumers, the consumer is only required to pay $250. Or as it says here, with respect to the cost of the arbitration, when a consumer initiates arbitration against the company, the only fee required to be paid by the consumer is $250, which is approximately equivalent to current court filing fees. All other costs must be borne by the company, including any remaining JAMS case management fee and all professional fees for the arbitrator services. That's where the real bill comes in. 
When the company is the claiming party initiating an arbitration against a consumer, the company has to pay everything. It has to pay the filing fee, the $250, and the consumer doesn't have to pay anything because they're otherwise getting sued. It's an arbitration, but it's a lawsuit. And so in these particular rules for consumers, Jam says consumers only have to pay $250. And who's a consumer? A consumer is an individual who seeks or acquires goods or services primarily for personal, family, or household purposes. It's a Patreon backer, right? It's a Twitch subscriber. It's somebody that comes in, clicks through the terms of service and gives $5 to their favorite subscriber, gives $5 to their favorite streamer or content creator on Patreon, whatever it might be. Those folks are consumers and this says that they only owe this much money. Now, Patreon might go back and say, hey, look, at the end of the day, that's okay because you're still gonna lose on the underlying cause of action and you're still gonna owe us for indemnification. Here we say anything that you do that could potentially cause us damages, you will owe us for losses, liability, including legal fees. So, hey, at Patreon, we're fine, but they're not fine. At least they're not fine in California. Now you can see another bit of language here that I think they probably added in respect of this particular case. I didn't see it referenced in the articles I was talking about, but you can see how they tried to get around this whole problem. This clause does not limit either party's ability to file an action in a court with jurisdiction to seek injunctive or other equitable relief for disputes. Meaning an arbitrator can hand out money, but an arbitrator can't often or easily tell somebody to do something and enforce it. An arbitrator doesn't have the power of law enforcement authority, doesn't have a sheriff it can send, doesn't have those kinds of powers. So basically you can arbitrate money actions, but you can't really arbitrate injunctions or equitable relief, forcing somebody to do something or to stop doing something. But they continue with this language to say, we can also go to court to enforce this dispute resolution clause, including your agreement not to assert claims related to the suspension or termination of another person's account, which is exactly what we're talking about here, right? Except for you eagle-eyed, thinking like a lawyer, viewers or listeners to virtual legality, you can see that the subclause here doesn't match the first clause. We can go to court to seek to enforce this dispute resolution clause. That's fine. But your clause says a dispute must be resolved by arbitration. What you are actually reserving the power to do here is to say, hey, if you tried to sue us in court, we can kick you to arbitration. We can enforce this clause. That has absolutely nothing to do with your agreement not to assert claims related to suspension or termination. If I'm asserting a claim, all disputes must be resolved by arbitration. Done deal. The words are very, very clear. So this is attempting a trick really to get out of arbitration. And I think it will largely prove to be unsuccessful. But all of that is just the background, right? All of that is just the background because where the rubber really hits the road here is in California specifically. If we go back and we look at this particular section of the JAMS rules, you'll see on in California, the arbitration provision may not require the consumer to pay the fees and costs incurred by the opposing party if the consumer does not prevail in California. And what does that do? That winds up putting this whole section in a complete state of ambiguity and disrepair. You'll indemnify us for things like legal fees, except Jam says that in California, no, you won't. We can't even arbitrate an agreement that has this particular provision. And why can't they? It's because of the California code. No neutral arbitrator or private arbitration company shall administer a consumer arbitration under any agreement or rule requiring that a consumer who is a party to the arbitration 
pay the fees and costs incurred by an opposing party if the consumer does not prevail. In other words, California has gone out there and said, arbitrators, you are not allowed to perform services on the basis of a consumer being required to pay the costs of the opposing party, which means in an action like this, you can bring any claim you want in California. And I'm always interested in checking out California laws because California laws and statutes and legislation in general are where very interesting things happen and sometimes very bad things happen. You might recall if you've been in virtual legality for a while, we did a video on AB5 and how it was really going to be a problem for the video game community and for a whole host of independent contractors, which unfortunately has proven prescient and has been in fact the case and is happening right now in California with major, major problems across the entire independent contractor spectrum in that state. But in this particular case, it creates an absolute incentive to bring frivolous claims under all of these contracts. And that's not something I can suggest. I can't give legal advice to anybody watching this because I'm not your representative. You're not my client. But certainly anybody that looks at this and says, I have even a whisper of a chance of winning a potential action. Or if you are a content creator that has something happen to you from one of these tech giants and you happen to have 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 subscribers and say, hey guys, go file some arbitration. I'll cover you with my counsel so we can make some news out of it. We can make Twitch hurt or YouTube hurt or Patreon hurt or Google hurt or whatever it might be. You look at the combination of these things and you say, okay, even if I have a losing argument, I have to pay $250, they have to pay all expenses, and they can't go back after their own costs. They can't go get that $60,000 or $50,000 or $40,000 or whatever it might be, depending on the level of frivolousness of my claim. And that in combination is absolutely crazy. In the thumbnail, I called this the secret of frivolous arbitration because in the normal court system, you have all sorts of sanctions and penalties and really more than slaps on the wrist, actual hurt penalties that can really cripple law firms and lawyers for bringing frivolous actions if they just go and they gum up the works for a court system. But here, California has essentially incentivized it in the world of arbitration. In fact, Jam says, oh my gosh, if you're worried about frivolous claims, a prevailing party clause such as the following tends to discourage those and counterclaims and defenses as well as scorched earth discovery. Discovery that just goes on and on and on and on and on looking for some kind of thing that they could be leaked out or could otherwise hurt you. And they say, hey, add this language. In an arbitration arising out of a related disagreement, the arbitrator shall award to the prevailing party, if any, the costs and attorney's fees reasonably incurred by the prevailing party in connection with the arbitration. Sure, you get your costs, you get your attorney's fees back. And maybe Patreon can claim some kind of damages for actually having to go through all these arbitrations, but it's gonna be very, very difficult, especially in the face of a rule like this in California. Which brings us back to Dr. Disrespect, right? We've looked at a lot of Patreon stuff. We've looked at this very unique kind of court case and this court setup. We've looked at what is happening as these rules kind of intersect. And then we go and we look at Twitch and we see that Twitch has a very, very similar provision in respect of their dispute resolution process. You and Twitch agree to arbitrate any dispute arising from these terms of service. You and Twitch agree that you will notify each other in writing of any dispute within 30 days of when it arises. 
Notice to Twitch shall be sent to their address. You and Twitch further agree to attempt informal resolution prior to any demand for arbitration that any arbitration will occur in Santa Clara County, California. That arbitration will be conducted confidentially by a single arbitrator in accordance with the rules of JAMS and that the state or federal courts in Santa Clara County have exclusive jurisdiction over any appeals of the arbitration award. So just like Patreon, you have in Twitch the exact same setup. Jams arbitration, whether the dispute is heard in arbitration or in court, you and Twitch will not commence against the other a class action, class arbitration or other representative action or proceeding. And the dispute between the parties will be governed by this agreement and the laws of the state of California. So in that spectrum at Twitch, whether you're talking about Dr. Disrespect or basically anything else, any other thing that you could possibly be upset with Twitch about or with YouTube or with Facebook or Apple or anyone else that lives in California and very likely has terms and conditions similar to this one, mandatory arbitration, jams proceedings or AAA proceedings. There are other arbitrators that have very similar rules on cost allocations and California governing law. You wind up with rules like these for $250. You can just extract tens of thousands of dollars of cost from one of these tech giants. And I do think as a lawyer, as someone that thinks that access to justice is important, that at some level, this is a good thing, that consumers need to have the ability to not simply be swamped by the larger chip stack at the table, to be able to go and to make their case. But I do think when you tie this kind of concept to the concept in California, where you can't even have any defense against frivolous actions, you wind up in a situation where you are encouraging, you are really begging for a major, major problem at the Kickstarters, the Twitches, the Facebooks, the YouTubes of the world. Now, certainly there are other folks that have made this point, that have made the point that arbitration in some respects is employers and companies, especially in California, shooting themselves in their own feet. This comes from a case that was against DoorDash in which this judge said, hey, DoorDash, you can't now ask for a court to judge by class action these 5,000 claims from your independent contractor slash employees. That was the claim they were bringing is that they were misclassified. You have to arbitrate because that is what you put in your provision. And this judge concludes with the following. For decades, the employer sidebar and their employer clients have forced arbitration clauses upon workers, thus taking away their right to go to court and forced class action waivers upon them too, thus taking away their ability to join collectively to vindicate common rights. The employer sidebar has succeeded in the United States Supreme Court to sustain such provisions. As we talked about, the Federal Arbitration Act has been interpreted again and again by the Supreme Court to basically mandate that arbitration clauses are to be deemed valid unless there's some really, really significant problems. The irony in this case is that the workers wish to enforce the very provisions forced upon them by seeking, even if by the thousands, individual arbitrations, the remnant of the procedural rights left to them. The employer here, DoorDash, faced with having to actually honor its side of the bargain, now blanches at the cost of the filing fees it agreed to pay in the arbitration clause. No doubt, DoorDash never expected that so many would actually seek arbitration. Instead, in irony upon irony, DoorDash now wishes to resort to a class-wide lawsuit, the very device it denied to the workers to avoid its duty to arbitrate. This hypocrisy will not be blessed, at least by this order. 
Now, that's fair enough. As we said, there's good reason to believe that consumers and employees and various other folks have not been able to get the access to justice that they deserve. I'm very much in favor of increasing that access. But I do think that in all probability, California law like this one is going to have to be reviewed because especially in combination with Bill 707 and all of this coming together in California, you are very likely to see, especially with things that are effectively crowdfunded, you know, your Kickstarters and your Facebooks and your Twitches and your YouTube gamings and everything else that has one person with a ton of subscribers. Heck, even here at the Hoglaw YouTube channel, we now have more than 17,000 subscribers, which is very exciting. But that's a lot of people. If you said, hey, 17,000 people go file an arbitration claim against YouTube, that's a lot of money. And so I do think that this is going to have to be reviewed because I don't feel that the balance is quite right here. But for now, when we are talking about things like Dr. Disrespect, when we are talking about things like Twitch bans that don't get an explanation that some people might be feeling burned them, and people are coming into my DMs and saying, hey, what about this Patreon lawsuit and this arbitration claim and these costs? I look at this and say, if you are interested in pursuing something like this, absolutely go seek out counsel. Because my best view of what is happening here is that California has blown the door wide open for making life very, very difficult for the corporations organized or otherwise operating in their state. And while I do think that door will eventually be closed, for right now, I see no reason why those rules don't act together so that if you can have the bare whisker of a complaint, if you've given a subscription fee to Dr. Disrespect or another person that you feel was wrongly banned and you want to claim tortious interference or these other things, which at the end of the day, understand, I think are losing propositions at the end of the whole arbitration case, you may well still be able to go and get arbitration costs out of the out of the company because of what these rules actually say. So yeah, I'm advocating for a change in the rules because I think these are wrong as put together right now, but I could hardly believe what I was seeing when I was doing the research for this video. And as far as Dr. Disrespect goes, if somebody wants to go and get discovery as to what happened with Twitch, arbitration might be a way that they could go if only to get the costs out of Twitch at a bare minimum. This has been Virtual Legality for today. A bit of a unique episode for us. We aren't generally talking about arbitration statutes and the interaction between it and JAMS rules in California for a random Patreon lawsuit. But we are regularly talking about the business and law of America and the world through the prism of pop culture, video games, music, movies, and television. So if you enjoyed this, please like, subscribe, ring the bell, tell people that we are here, tell people that we are having these conversations, and... As I said, put this in wherever you like. Put this on any forums that you think might be interested. I love having conversations with new people that visit the channel. If you saw this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.